Masking is black. Masking is black. I feel so good to be black right now. Welcome to episode 110 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. This is our first episode in the new year. I'm so excited to be here and to be at 110. We have a lot of things in store for you guys coming this year. We have our Black Note series, our BNF campaigns, we have our Black and Fashion um, directory. We have so much in store for you guys. Can't wait. I am your host, Lenny's Collier, and today I am joined by Yugochi. After only three years in America as an immigrant from Nigeria, Yugochi was fired from her job while pregnant with her third child who just who had just been diagnosed with Down syndrome. Instead of feeling sorry for herself, Yugochi chose to rise up and pursue her dream of being a fashion designer. She registered her company and one month after giving birth, and started her luxury fashion business with zero dollars. Today, Yugochi is making headlines. She has doubled her business within the past year, and one of her designs is even worn on this year's Met Gala red carpet. Yugochi's Afro-Western creations are a fusion of her West African culture with Western aesthetics inspired by her bold, colorful, and flamboyant Nigerian culture. Her work has been featured in the San Diego Tribune, Discover Magazine, Authority Magazine, Influensive, E! Online, Runway Dubai, and more. Thank you so much, Yugoshi, for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So let's dive right in. I actually have a segment that I do for every podcast, um, just as a little icebreaker. It's called This or That. So just tell me something that you prefer over the other. All right. So let's see. Uh, skinny leg or flare leg pant? Flare Studs or hoops? Studs. Uh, one shoulder or halter neck? One shoulder. And my last one, berets or brim, like a brim hat, like a fedora? Fedora. Fedora, amazing. Okay, so can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your, um, how you got, well, not even how you got, what inspired you to become a fashion designer? So I know you mentioned like, you know, in our bios and stuff like that, that, you know, it was always a dream of yours. But tell me about how that dream even came into fruition. I, you know, every time people ask me that, I get a little, um, I don't know, because that's just, I guess that's the way my brain works. So mm-hmm. before I even knew what a fashion designer was, I actually wanted to do become a fashion designer. I used to cut up all my clothes. And I used to make a joke that my mom used to beat the mess out of me for always um, destroying my clothes. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I always, you know, every time I got the Christmas clothes, I know people in America don't know what that is. But in Africa, sorry, oh, shoot. sorry, in Nigeria, um, you had this one time where you were um, allowed to to buy any clothes you want. You're supposed to pick out your Christmas clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's when you get the new new clothes. So I always pick mine out and I end up changing it because I see it a different way. So I cut it up and I do stuff to it and my mom gets really, really mad. But um, yeah, that's how I started, so <laughs> destroying my clothes. So how old were you when that happened? Um, I, I have always done this since I was like maybe eight, nine. Um, because I always saw the clothes differently. I didn't get 
Try tapping. Like, did Hello? you um? Did you learn how to sew as a, at a young age, or did you like just go with like the cutting up and stuff like that? Like, did anyone teach you how to sew, or were you just like handcrafting things? Yeah, I was just handcrafting things. Nobody was teaching me how to sew. First of all, nobody wanted to understand. Nobody wanted to hear me say I wanted to be a fashion designer. That's not part of the. That was not part of the, anybody's um, you know, plans for me. So yeah. I, yeah. I just cut stuff up and destroyed everything. My earrings, my shoes. I always did something new and fresh with it. So that sounds great. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about like, you know, just starting your own business, you know, coming from Nigeria, then coming to America. Were there many obstacles that you end up having to face, like with transitioning um, from Nigeria to America, then, you know, starting a business from scratch? Yeah, I mean, the I mean the culture is that the culture is different. Um, definitely, that was also one of the things. The culture is different, and then you know I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any. Um, I didn't have anyone here really. The only person I knew was my husband, who I met on Facebook. So let's just say I didn't know anybody here. So that was part <laughs> of all the challenges I had. Um, so starting a business was also very daunting because you have to have a, you know, like when you start out, you have to have family and friends that you sell to. Mm -hmm. So let's say I just started without having none of that. Gotcha. Gosh. So you really just had to like rely on yourself and just like figure it out. Hello? I said, so you really just have to like rely on yourself and just like figure it out. Yes, that's, uh, that's just how it worked, you know? And thanks to social media, it's easier to now post and have people find you within the community where you are. But that's how I started. Gotcha. And if you were to describe your design aesthetic in three adjectives, how would you describe it? I would describe it as classy, luxury, and sophisticated. Gotcha. And if there was a particular celebrity that you saw wearing your gowns that embodies those three things, who would you say that that was? Okay. That's a tough one because I have. Somebody who embodies that. I'd have to go with Michelle Obama. Michelle. Oh, oh yeah. I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a given you. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. That is the one for sure. So um, as you started your business, um, you know, having to go throughout like the product development process, did you have to learn how to do like pattern making and sketching and um, sewing on your own? Or did you work with like a company or outsource? Like how did you even get to that design stage where you had a complete product? Um, so I had to learn how to sew and stitch by myself because when I started, I couldn't start with any, anything, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have no capital, no nothing. So I had to start learning how to, stitch. but then, you know, some things I'm thinking, I found out that I was, um, naturally inclined to be able to do these things. So I learned how to sew. Um, I did mess up a lot of clothes, but I didn't stop going for it. So 
I learned how to do my own pattern and stuff like that. And then when I could, I started outsourcing and then I, I started hiring people. So that's just how I started. Gotcha. And how big is your team now? Um, I have a team of five people now. Nice, nice. And are you guys, lo you guys where are you guys located? In San Diego, California. San Diego. Nice. Amazing. So can you tell me a little bit about, um, like, working with uh, Ease, Nina Parker, like, and creating, like, her Met Gala gown? Was she, like, one of your first, like, really, really huge celebrity clients? Or was she one of your favorites? Like, how did that opportunity present itself? Yeah, she, um, her stylist found me on Instagram and messaged me and asked me if, if I could make a gown for her. And I really... Honestly, I thought it was just one of those random things that people just say on Instagram. I didn't take it seriously until it actually did happen. So, yeah. Um, and she's one of my favorite to work with because um, she's, again, she's, she loves the fact that, you know, I love that she, she uses her platform to promote black designers. Um, and she doesn't mind shining a light on a fellow black person. But then working with her was very straightforward. There wasn't no drama or anything like that. It was just perfect. So I loved working with Nina Parker. I'd still say she's my favorite till date. Gotcha. Um, when it comes to like running a business and like starting from zero and like you're in a new country and you've just had, you know, a, a child um, raising like your miracle child, how was that? as far as like that, that balancing between building a business from zero and having a child that needed like special attention? It, it was, it's very um, daunting. I have to say that um, because if I don't, if I don't acknowledge that, that'll be, um, you know, that'll be lying. But I have been very blessed to, I don't know. I just feel like I was able to, <sighs> I think I just keep a positive outlook on, on life generally. So that has been very helpful um, to me. Building the business and, and you know, having a child with Down syndrome, of course, she's, he's not going to go to school when everybody else goes to school. So I have to plan my schedule around it. But the good thing is I love my son and I love my business. So, you know, we make it work. We make it work. Gotcha. Now that you said that you like, you said you made some bad garments and you made like some really, really good <laughs> ones and stuff too. Uh, what like talk about your your importance of making like good, creative, like quality garments? Like, how did you cross that threshold when things stop becoming like getting messed up and becoming into you know really amazing quality pieces? How did I cross into making am amazing quality? Yeah, I just want you to talk about the importance of creating quality garments. So, here yeah, it's very, very important. I think it's becoming a lost art in our in our, our society now. Um, everybody's so into the fast fashion, and I understand it is very tempting. You could wear something new every day. However, there is pride in how things are made. Do you understand? I take so much pride in how my clothes are made. Like, even down to how my label is constructed. I hate labels when I wear my clothes, they scratch and itch me. So when I was telling somebody to help me with making my label, I made sure that I explained to them that I needed it to be silk, you know, so that it's super soft, it's very silky on the skin. So yes, um, 
it's all about knowing what we what we would want to wear. If I was a rich woman living in a big mansion, what would I wear? You know, and thinking about that woman makes helps me to produce the kind of fashion that I love producing. <clears throat> and I wish that um, you know we can keep that, even though that we're even as much as we're embracing fast fashion, we can you know begin to appreciate the art of actually making good clothes, Absolutely. quality clothes. You know, it's very rare that I hear people say that. And this, when I tell you the way you just broke that down and explained that, it's just like so refreshing to hear. Like to like not rush through things or like be on like this microwave type of um, lifestyle that, you know, take pride and take time into the things that you like invest your money in and, you know, pay attention. You know, and I'm like, I always want to tell that, especially when it comes to like that black dollar and like making sure that it circulates throughout with black designers, like spend money on quality pieces. So that is super duper refreshing to hear. I love that. Yeah. You know, I cannot explain to you how much I get frustrated with the whole fast fashion business, but I understand it. I totally understand it. You know, I told the affordable, <laughs> like, you know, I, I think that, of course, within like the just a consumer market, you got to make something for everyone. And not everyone has money to spend on custom garments or really, really high end garments. But I think that just like over the, you know, Honestly, I would say the last 10 or 15 years is just super oversaturated, like with uh, fast fashion, like probably more than that. <laughs> but it's I think that, um, you know, after and like during the pandemic and also through the movement, I do think that black designers are becoming um, more um, valued. Uh, I don't feel like they were always valued in the past. So I really like that, that I do see more value coming within like that black designer world. Yes, yes, they actually, yes. Um, during the pandemic, there was a lot of um, growth for black designers in the industry, and I, and I respect it, and I love it. I love to see it. And I love to see more luxury black designers coming to the market as well. Definitely love that. Welcome to the BNF Black Note segment, where you can submit an anonymous note for advice, tell us a story, or just need some inspiration and we'll read it on our show and give you our point of view. Today's black note comes from Charmaine Legacy. Hello all, I'm a 27-year-old woman and I'm studying fashion and styling in one of the best colleges located in Los Angeles. I found what I love to do and can only dream of, but I have no clue on where to start. Becoming a fashion stylist is one of my dreams since a child. What should I do to help my process while in school? I graduated in 2022, and I want to open an online boutique with a showroom. Any advice will help a lot. So, Charmaine, honestly, the biggest thing I can tell for you, tell you to do is to get your network up and going. As a stylist and as a potential uh, retail store owner, you want more resources so that you can have a lot of shoppers so my recommendation is to make sure that you may since you're already in los angeles you should definitely attend the fashionpreneur retreat and it's going to be a room full of amazing women that you can network with and talk to that um, you can collaborate with but also so that you can learn even more so Although I am an advocate for education, I don't feel like certain institutions actually give you the skills and the tools that you need in order to set you up for success as far as a business go. So they give you all of the design and the aesthetic things, but you have to be able to be a 
business owner. You have to understand entrepreneurship. And the Fast Entrepreneur Retreat would be a great resource for that. Another resource would be Brittany Diego. She has a fashion styling school. She's a great mentor and coach. And that's probably my biggest piece of advice is to invest in yourself by getting you a business coach or a mentor that can help you with styling. There's a couple other people. There's a girl named Coco Style NY. Um, I think it's called Coco Style. She's a mentorship and coach. Then you have Jance, who's a, mem- a mentorship and coach. There's multiple different um styling coaches that you can work with just to help you in so that way you can gain knowledge you can learn from their mistakes so that is my piece of advice to you i hope that's helpful and thank you for contributing your black note have an amazing day can you talk a little bit about just like personal style and like the digital world like based on like the things that we see online and the way that women are dressing and like how we can kind of influence people's perceptions of certain types of clothing um i think we can take some of the clothing that we make now. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm noticing that the our current um, our current world um, loves a little more freedom with the clothing. They don't want it to be too um, gaudy. They want it to be a little more simple, more um, easy to wear. Uh-huh. Um, so if you know to influence the luxury fashion world or to make people more, you know willing to wear what we're willing and what we're selling, I think we should, um, you know, incorporate a little bit of that, you know, like simplicity, that easy of wear, that ease of wear um, to what we're creating, you know? Gotcha. That makes, believe, makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah, so that ease of wear um, to what we're creating we should be able to incorporate the sexiness because the sexy, I think sexy is in right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I used to fight with this a lot <laughs> because I come from a place where we, um, we, we, we dress a little more um, on the conservative side, right? Mm-hmm. So I used to fight with this a lot. I'm, I, I, say, I say that the sexiest woman is not the most uncovered woman in the room, right? Right. Um, but, but... I have to understand that we also have a culture that allows us to celebrate our bodies more now than before, you know? And so with that, I I embrace the fact that we need to show a little bit more skin because how are you going to love your body if you cover it up 24 hours, you know? However, (laughs) we can do it in a more... um, more you know more tasteful way that's the way to put it more tasteful gotcha that sounds great so um i have another segment is called is a success or is a disaster if you can just share a time within your business where something really went bad like completely to hell but you used it like as a learning experience and it made you a a better entrepreneur Hmm. let's see I, what what did I do that went really bad? Uh, but I used it as a stepping stone. I guess, uh, wait. I guess I would say my first fashion show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first fashion show was in 2017, 2018. I made, I created my own fashion show. Cause if you know San Diego, 
and San Diego is not exactly what you call the fashion capital of the world, right? So we don't have a lot of fashion designers doing their own fashion shows, right? But I am the kind of person, like, I love to do what nobody has, else has done. First of all, my business started in 2017, so I'm not even a full one year into the business. And I thought I will do my own fashion show. Again, nobody really knows who I am. So here I am trying to sell, you know, event tickets to people who don't know me. And mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a city where people are not really excited about, you know, it's not like it's a fashion place, you know? Mm -hmm. I will tell you that I have never been so stressed because five days to the event, my tickets are there staring at me and I'm freaking out. Like, who's going to be there? Who's going to be at my show? Who is going to be at my show? I have the clothes, I have the models, but I my ticket sales were going like super over slow. Um, but I did learn a lesson from that. If you really have something good going, people will come. They will come. Yes, my first fashion show didn't turn out, I didn't have the turnout that I wanted, but I had more than the turnout that I would have had if I didn't believe in what I was doing. And yes, we did not really break even, but the second show was so much better. And people showed up and we sold out and we made profit and it was great. But I did learn valuable lessons from that. And just to start slow. <laughs> um, the lesson that I learned is that you have to believe that you have to just do what you need to do. Don't worry about who's watching, who's going to see you. Just do what you believe in. Just do it. You know? I, I, that. <laughs> I, I mean, I know that it sounds like a crazy person's talk, but just do whatever you want to do. People will come. Now, my shows are, are the most sought-after sought shows in San Diego. If I had just given up the first time, I would not realize that. My show, the last one that we had in Rancho Santa Fe, which is the most affluent um, zip code we have in San Diego, people were begging to please get a ticket and we didn't have tickets or seats to sell to them. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, I mean, if I had gotten discouraged the first time that I started my show and thought about all the things I put into the show and nobody really, like, it's not like nobody didn't show up, but the seats were empty and I could see it. I would have given up on myself, but I didn't. So whatever you have in your heart to do, go out, do it. It might take time, but if you really believe in it, people will come. Oh, I love that. That actually leads us right into like wrapping up. The last segment is called It's a Muse. So if you want to share just like a quote or a mantra or like a book or anything that has continued to keep you inspired and motivated throughout your journey that you feel another entrepreneur uh, should definitely take a look at, can you please share that? Quitting is not an option. Say it one more time. Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. That's the mantra. And, yes. And failure is wonderful. 
quitting is not an option and failure is wonderful because you learn a lot from failure. I love that. That is great advice. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Yugochi. I really appreciate you thank taking you so much time. for having me. I really enjoyed this. I'm glad that you um, invited me to be a part of it and I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Amazing. I look forward to seeing amazing things from you in the future. I made sure if you want to just throw out your social media handles and any events or current things that people should look out for, feel free to kind of just give us a rundown of the things that you have going on so people can be on the lookout. Um, um, my social media handles are Ugochi Waba at Ugochi Waba on any social media platform. That's U G O C H I I W U A B A. Um, on any social media, my website is ugochiwaba.com. And uh, we, are, we do have fashion shows. We have a fashion show coming up in March. Um, on March 7th, I am going to be at the Orange County Fashion Week. And I do have my own fashion show on June, um, on June 4th. And also I do, I'm gonna be the keynote speaker at the San Diego Women's Week for the San Diego Cham um, Business Chamber of Commerce. So we do have all these amazing things lined up for 2020. Amazing, I wish you the best of luck on the shows and the keynote speaker event. And I can't wait to view, hopefully we can see some of that stuff online because I'm all the way over here on the East Coast. <laughs> so I definitely yes, will yes, be looking out via social media for everything that you have to come. Awesome. All right, then you have a great evening. You too, thank you. Bye. Bye.